0: This week, lovely people, we return to an old friend from season one. Yes, he's back with an episode all to himself, the joyous individual that is Scott Fraser Simpson. As I'm sure many of you will know, Scott is a menswear designer, vintage curator, DJ, and all-round creative force in London. He's also the founder of style brand Scott Fraser Collection, which creates modern pieces informed by archival designs and research. As you'll hear, Scott loves a deep dive. In fact, his approach to collecting menswear is near obsessive. And it was great to have some time to really understand how his design brain works. We talk about Scott's early influences, how music informs his approach to style, and how his nimble approach to manufacturing has allowed Scott Fraser Collection to grow despite a tricky retail landscape. Let's get into it. Hi, Alex. Hello. Hi. Scott Fraser Simpson. (laughs) Look at this. We're back. How bloody exciting. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) We're sat in your lovely studio. Uh, I should say, listeners, we're recording this in late June, just as lockdown eases in London. And my God, it's nice to see another human being. Yeah. Um, It's nice.
1: And it's nice to see familiar faces and... And just to, to find that sort of sense of normality again of, of some sort, you know. Yes. That interaction people with people, I think. I know, I know that I'm, I'm sure we'll sort of discuss this, but that is number one the
0: thing I've missed. Yeah. Without a doubt. So, we had a great chat way back when in season one with Tony. Yeah, the first episode. It was. Yeah, yeah. It, was in that, it was in that bundle of three, wasn't it, that we put out there yep. to launch this whole thing. And I love that chat. Yeah. Uh, it remains one of my favourites. It was great. But... It occurred to me, obviously, we were finding our feet at that point, and it has occurred to me that I only just scratched the surface with you guys. Yes. You know, we, we had a great chat, but there is much more to both of you. Yeah. Um, hence why we're here. Yeah. And I thought we could start with something that's quite important to you, which is the relationship between music and style. Um, obviously, the way, that, the way that kind of clothing and, and, and music intersect is. A big part of what you do as a designer, and it's a big part of your life. Yeah, very much so. Where, where where do we start with that? Talk to me a little bit about how music and clothes kind of work for you.
1: I think I've been I've always been extremely fascinated by music um, from a, from a really young age. You know, just listening to music in the back of my dad's car to to then taking on kind of an active role in what I was listening to and who I would go out and uh listened to I, I remember going off and listening to sort of sort of neo-punk gigs in brighton on the seafront and uh all the characters that were there and the atmosphere of that and the kind of just the interest and i mean in terms of the way that music has influenced my style and, and my journey through that i can definitely pin it on you know my life living in the south coast of, of uh, England. Moved from Asia, moved, uh, moved from Hong Kong, mm. and um, I ended up in Brighton. And then from there, I, I, I was sixteen. I was coming of age, as they say, that kind of term. I don't know really <laughs> what the hell that means, but uh, yeah, coming of age. Uh, I was sort of creating my own identity. I was breaking free I was kind of going doing my own things and what I fell into was the need to have a little scooter a little Vespa and I was obsessed by old Vespas uh bikes cars at the time anyway still am nerdily so uh and from there I um I picked up a a 70s little scooter and there I moved on to um, joining a little scooter club. And that scooter club took me under their wing. They were a lot older, ladies, um, guys, and girls. Uh, They took me to little soul clubs. And I was fascinated. And again, I got that feeling of those little pumpkins I went to or the little, you know, those little atmospheric areas of like interest and identity and i was fascinated by the way that they would, people were dancing and the, what everyone was wearing and the sort of the the flamboyance that of people in in their sort of suits or their knitwear or their trousers or the or the things that they brought to the nightlife and yeah. from there that's that's arguably kind of like a, a massively defining moment in in the way that I dress and have dressed, but also just in the way that I kind of have always looked at music and culture and style and and just been fascinated by it really so yeah. it was yeah it was coming through coming through kind of the mod scene really sort of a a, a retrospective kind of romantic look um, at sort of soul, uh, reggae, jazz, all of all of that kind of... Sort um, of late
0: 50s into 60s. Late
1: 50s, 60s. I was really particular. I, be, I became much more particular as I moved from being 16, 17. I moved up to London when I was 17. I started going clubbing a lot more um, to kind of soul clubs. And these would be all ages. I mean, you know, there's been... Je- several generations of people that have kind of fallen into the soul mod whatever you would call it um subculture yeah and with that you've got all these different people of different ages and that was something that was really interesting is that you've got experiences from different generations about how you would do things or how how you would um dress or how they would dress in the 80s you know what the style cues were or or kind of like old stories about why that was, why those clothes were there, why you wore those pieces, why why was it a double breasted with covered buttons? Yeah, but it was a style in the late sixties. Those sort of things, yeah. and, and I grew up around all of this. And I was, you know, I I moved to London, started falling into um, these scenes, and and I built a real strong foundation over sort of several years of of just absorbing. Of, or yeah, or you know just basically trying to look look cool dance to good music <laughs> just <laughs>
0: I just uh, and just have a good time you know so I love it. It's There's already so much in there that's bringing me joy. I think the first thing that, that um, strikes a chord with me is I love the fact that you reference some of your earliest musical memories being listening to whatever your dad was playing in the back of the car. Yeah. I had exactly the same experience. Yeah, I think a lot of people
1: do. You mm. know, if, when I play, even when I'm DJing and stuff out, I always get people that might come up and go, yeah, 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 my mum used to listen to this. You know, this is when I'm playing other stuff, maybe like, sort of like 80s or yeah, stuff or yeah, whatever. Yeah. But there is always that it's a very, very strong connection you have with your first early memories of, of music. Yeah. And and almost when maybe you don't choose that music, you know, or maybe you you find a real interest in it because it's there in front of you mm. uh, that your parents have given you and you trust them. Yeah. You, know? you trust that for the most part until you then say, yeah, oh, no, you know, I hate you, cool. this yeah. is rubbish, <laughs> <laughs> listen to this. You yeah. know? But um, what's what's great is just, yeah, that kind of, that romanticism of it, I yeah, guess.
0: I love it. That's really just, that's just brought back the memory of discovering earth, wind and fire. Yeah, and man, like, come on. Jeez. Yeah. Back in my dad's car. Back I love the, yeah, the
1: Eagles. My dad greatest hits the Eagles back of the thing, you know, sitting there. Yeah. All right. All oh, the shadows, yeah, You know, that haunting sick. kind of little twanging guitar. You know, there's, there's a lot to be said, I think, for music. In 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 cult- music and culture go hand in hand, and, yeah. and with that comes subculture, and, uh, and and subcultures then breed a, a, a style, you know, style So type. for you, it
0: kind of went exposure to the music, scooters, yeah, scene, yeah, style.
1: Yeah, it was a sort of, it, they, they all linked together, you know, I, I, I remember wearing all these, all the things that I'd learnt about a pair of suede desert boots, a boating blazer and a pair of white jeans and this and that, you know, all basically cramming them together yeah. for my first couple of weeks at college, you know, trying to kind of like establish myself as, as something I'd seen in some books or there was this cool shop down in the lanes in Brighton that were, you know, was, uh, was the sort of mod mecca. Yeah. And with that that was that was just it was it was everything and it was in, it was exciting. You know, and I had friends that were into completely different things and yeah, I'd get a bit of fun poked at me potentially, but also like
0: in a in a, a nice
1: kinda, way. Yeah, in a in a nice way. Like I wouldn't be friends with them if they were if it <laughs> a mean, right. But you know, that that was that was it was fun and it was learning and uh, yeah, it was it's it's just yeah, it's just like a, the whole process went hand in hand. Yeah. And as as I got deeper into the scene, I you know I, I very much got got more knowledgeable about not particularly like the era or living in an era that era, but more about what happened and, and and codes of dressing and I think we've spoken about this before that kind of like you know do you need to have those formed ideas of of menswear or or how to dress before you can then go on yeah, yeah. and I, I mean for me I I think I found that. I, I amassed that, but without really needing needing to be told that that's what that's what you have to do. It's just kind of what the code was. It's like what what you did, and you never did your your third button up. That was just yeah. Learning. And, and you if just, you wanted you a bit learned. of flair, you top the You take the top button off, and you you know you'd just have the middle and have that roll. And it was just like you know I was seventeen and I knew all this stuff, and and from there that's just how clothes evolved. And I think the most um, interesting part about it was that. I had I had a safe space to do it, yeah. And the safe space was that I had like a group of friends, and still we're we're so we're really tight, and that we would basically on a weekend or from Thursday onwards be talking to each other about what we were wearing, and and not in an egotistical way, but more about like, yeah, what are you thinking of wearing? Yeah, I'm thinking about that, or like, oh, I've got this new jacket I'm having we all made. Still or, do that, don't yeah, we? we still do it. We still it. do. It. We continue to do it. But I had this. I had this this space to do that and and to grow and, and I think Instagram now or, or blogs or that kind of co- online community can give you that. Um, but at that moment, I didn't have that, and, and um, I found like a really a really good moment for me to to experiment with, with things and, yeah. and to push and to push boundaries and to push the idea of what we were into and not per se just do it because they would they did it back in you know sixty two. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. yeah.
0: That, that's really again. There's a lot there that's kind of resonating with me. It, it. I think it's so important that you, as you as you get into clothes, particularly like in your teens or in your early twenties, mm. you do seem to, you do go through that phase of. It's almost like you have a couple of years of just learning, 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 learning. Yeah, because we always have to learn. You, can, yeah, you can't just. It doesn't. It doesn't switch on, does it? No. But then the next couple of years is almost pushing too hard and too fast. Yeah. Yeah. And it, by the time you kind of hit your late 20s, you're starting to find some sort of equilibrium. Maybe that's a slightly reductive way of thinking about it, but it's interesting that I feel like that's kind of happened with me. Mm. And you're describing something similar. Um, where let, Let's let's trace this line a little bit. Yeah, The mod scene, 50s, 60s is the jumping off point for you. Um, how has your style kind of... Changed, evolved. What other references have kind of come in? So yeah, so it
1: was it was an extreme, concentrated time that I was into. You know, I was into this uh, this look and this culture. But I, I think at one stage I sort of started to feel a little bit restricted by the codes, let's say. And I think that that's generally, as you were saying just before, you know, as you go through your journey with clothes or your style or whatever it is, you you then start to break free and try and push the boundaries a lot harder. And I think. I think that's just natural. I think that I think it's important as well, you know, to not to not stagnate in your own,
0: yeah, your own your look,
1: your own bubble. Your you know, and to be aware of, of of influences outside of your own, because quite a lot of the time, I think that actually they can be as as informative or or even as inspirational as as the sort of ones that sort of. Pebble around what you're into, you know. Mm. If you start to look at streetwear things and the way that they wore a jumper, like, you know, and oh, like over the shoulder or across the body, that could be quite interesting to kind of take into more of a sartorial element. And those little cues that you start to kind of blend with your own, such kind of define your own personal style, I think, yeah. much more. And I think that it's important. And I started to feel a little bit stymied by, by it. And I never look back on this time because it was an incredible. Moment, I never look back on it in a, in a bad way. Um, I learned so much, but I felt as though at one stage it felt a little bit too restrictive and I wanted to sort of try other things.
0: Yeah, and there's almost, you reach a point, don't you, where there's a joy in the unexpected. Yeah. I think the streetwear reference is really useful, right? Mm. Because it's it's a totally different part of fashion. Yeah. And it's just looking at that, like one of the things that's interesting me at the moment is, is the kind of high-low look in New York. Yeah. And I'm in the middle of writing a big story about it. But it, I love that idea of starting with your framework and then slowly bringing in just looking at something from a completely unexpected place that maybe even a year before you'd have gone no not for me yeah. and your your kind of your clothing mind slowly opens up over time doesn't it yeah and you kind of go oh hang on
1: yeah
0: shit that's cool yeah let's do that but with this jumper and this shirt yeah yeah and, yeah,
1: yeah I think it just it it, it takes just a little bit of, it, it takes a moment for you to just step back and just just. Just just internalise it and and process it yourself, and not just make those hard calls that no, this is wrong. Yeah. Um,
0: Another question yeah. Then, that I always love asking yeah. menswear heads, particularly ones whose who's style, really, yeah. yeah. <laughs> style I really yeah style I really like dig. for the heads is um, what would you say to the purists then that that are, that, that don't don't see the value in kind of being a bit disruptive.
1: I think they I think that they'll always stay there. I think the ones that, you know, the purists that that try that always conform to the color codes and to the 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 way that you should wear something. I mean, you know, oh please. <laughs> it's just hard. I mean, you know, there's it's all for, I'm all for sort of like some sort of rules or some ideas about these way these ways of dressing, but come on it's clothes, we have to have fun. And this is the most important thing about it is it's identity, you know. Yeah. You can't be eating the same meal every day. You'll get tired of it. I mean, you, yeah. know, you can't be going to the same place. You, some people find comfort in the kind of rigid structure of how things are or, or what they do, you know. I certainly don't. But I also don't feel as though everybody would, would want to be doing the same, yeah, eating the same thing, doing the same thing every day in, day out.
0: I, lo- I love the, the, the fact that you use the word fun particularly because yeah. one of the one of the exchanges that has stayed with me for the past couple of years that I puzzle over constantly mm. is a very senior figure and a very, very senior global... Senior operative world. Yeah, I'm going, operative. This, this, is like, this is one of the absolute big dogs at one of the biggest uh, e-com retailers in the business. I shall not name which one. Ugh. Said to me a couple of years ago, you should have fun, not wear it. Mm. I've never ever been able to reconcile that in my own mind yeah clothing is a huge source of fun i think
1: yeah you don't have to go around in a t- clown costume or anything no. you know <laughs> i mean <laughs>
0: although if that's your thing <laughs> yeah you
1: go you're kind it. of getting into that you know see <laughs> yeah. you next uh, next next season <laughs> yeah. no i agree i think you know it's about it's about having it's about having it's about it's about you feeling interested and we have to keep ourselves interested about, by stuff and if that means listening to different music and looking at different styles and trying to kind of like i don't know find your way and feel a bit uncomfortable and i think sometimes there is something nice you know i always say it and i've started to say it much more is like it's kind of nice to feel uncomfortable going out wearing something i mean you know not saying like i'm wearing something totally ridiculous but that idea of 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 just that unease of like mm, is this right did yeah. i did i did i hit that today and yeah you might not have but sometimes you bang that and it's so good and and yeah and it's and it works and I think that that is what we should do and we shouldn't feel so restricted about I mean other people's opinions um cool yeah love it
0: yeah man man after my own heart as we yeah, we try (laughs) (laughs) now um let's come back to music on that yeah yeah is it I'm trying to sort of figure out the relationship between clothing and music for you, because it fascinates me. Yeah. Is it fair to say that music has almost um, sort of shown you the way through your own personal style evolution? Do, do you connect with the music and then get into the style of the artist and then that follows through? Or is it not? Is that kind of a bit oversimplistic? Yeah, I think... It's a fair point, because you know the
1: influence that you get from from things always, always is a direct um, kind of representation of what how you look or, or what, how you act but at first definitely yeah okay. I was it was like late '50s, early '60s, boom, that was me. I was into you know specific specific things and and specific cuts and but I think you know as I said before, I think I, I sort of found myself feeling a little bit restricted and I was sort of looking over the hedge at other kind of different scenes per se and, and quite enjoying w- how they what they were wearing or, or, or even what they were doing and, and I, although even what they were listening to you know mm. and with that I was sort of I, I felt like I wanted to go and play with them but I felt like I couldn't because I'd be a traitor to a look and that and, and that's what I kind of felt no no you sh- it shouldn't feel like this we should all all be open together and we should be able to kind of like mix together and 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 talk together yeah we might not always agree on things but it shouldn't be about the tribalism yeah of, of styles or you know your pity peacocks or you're this or you're this guy or you're your fun your, like there's there's all these different tribes and and I, and I think in one way that's possibly to do with maybe there's this lack of subculture, you know, the subculture, the music and subcultures generally used to always sit hand in hand, mm. whereas now music and sort of styles, style tribes, sort of live quite independently. Yeah, yeah. And, and in a way that's kind of where my music, my musical tastes have gone, or at least the musics that I listen to um, live independently to my style. And sometimes they influence it or sometimes, you know, I'll be designing a 60s styled knit shirt or, you know, a pair of trousers or whatever. And I'll be listening to Ethio jazz or I'll be listening to some Brazilian bossa or something for the like, spring summer collection. Or I'll be listening to some 90s hip hop and doing some tailoring like it. I think it's all about just sort of being easy with those direct links and mm. just allowing them to. And for me, I, I definitely find that they live independently and i feel much freer by it um and i feel it took a while for me to to allow myself to sort of show other people that i'm yeah i'm sort of into this because i feel like th- throughout my sort of early formative years very much i was yes 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 yes, yes, yes master yes you know <laughs> and, that, and, and, and that's what i was doing and i and i wanted to confirm myself as this is what i was into and this is who i was and this, this you know still kind of forms a huge deep foundation of what and how I look at clothes, style,
0: yeah. culture. And there's all and like that you had to go through that little period of discomfort. It was
1: my education of, of some sort, you know. I sort of used my uni, uni time, my three years when I moved to London when I was 17, uh, sort of as a chance for me to, to sort of go to the school of modernism
0: mm. <laughs> I, I shudder when I think about what I used to wear at uni I sort of accidentally <laughs> well, yeah. ended up looking like a sort of a, 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 a Victorian fop without really intending to uh, I remember wandering around campus in a lot of velvet jackets thinking why am I wearing a velvet jacket be at like not nine, <laughs> yeah. I wish uh, at nine, 9 o'clock on a Tuesday um, wow uh, anyway there we go brilliant um, but brilliant Let's um, okay. I've got one more question about music, and then we're going to actually talk about your brand. Yeah, no, no. Um, as we've already kind of touched on, music is a lens into a cultural moment. It kind of all comes back to the culture and the subculture. What are some of the what are some of the other passions in your life that have kind of fed into? your sense of style and some of the stylish areas you love. I mean, I, I'm fascinated to get into scooters. Yeah. You? you had, like, 12 at one point, or have I, met or I exaggerated that? Don't tell anyone. <laughs>
1: yeah, I'm, a, I'm, an, I'm
0: an obsessive.
1: Like, I'll put my hands up. Anyone that knows me knows that, like, if I'm into something, I'm really into it, mm-hmm. and, and and I and I want to know more, and I'm always searching to know more about things. That's, you know, if that's learning how to do patterns for... Cutting some clothes, or if that's learning about a specific style of something, I will go deeper. You know, uh, like a movement, a design movement, a a design. You know, like a
0: a house, a, a anything. Where do you think that comes from? Where does
1: that that obsessive need I to draw down come I collected things from? a lot as a kid. My dad's a collector. My dad's a ridiculous collector. He's actually it's actually kind of gross. <laughs> you know, he he doesn't have just you know one of something he's got multiples mm. and but that he grew up he grew up in asia and 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 so did i and i think um with that there's there's interesting sort of things all around the around the corner you know little antique shops or old sort of uh, things you can pick up I, I don't i don't know i think i think for me it was i've, I've just always sort of collected things and also seen people around me collect things and be interested and turn turn their hand to yeah to to yeah
0: collecting yeah i love it i'm always very grateful to those individuals who can who have a have just have some sort of innate will to kind of deep dive because John, yeah. that is really where we as a society learn you know your your various passions that kind of microcosm yeah you know, so thanks to social media and and even just like stuff like this, or yeah. you know, various different magazines. It it, it feels like you 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 can educate so many different people on your passions now, and I just think we're so lucky that we have we're in this environment where we can do that. This
1: interesting, yeah, that point of educating, or you know, in a non. In a sense that you're not like, oh, well, I'm telling you what's what, but more
0: about like, hey, you know,
1: this is what I'm into, and I'd like to share this with you, and this is always what it's been about for me, is that it's like, okay, fine, like, if you don't want to know, you don't want to know, but if you do want to know, like, this is why there's a loop on the back of a button-down shirt, it's called a locker loop, it's this, they used to get broken because they were, you know, in in the 50s and 60s, girls would break their boyfriend's. Locker loop at the back, and that would show that they were take They would, they weren't single anymore. You know yeah. things like this, and th- that's the closed stories
0: that I love, and the kind of ideas behind them. That I I I'm so into. See, I, I think that that taps into one of my theories about media, which is obviously we we have just gone through lockdown. It has already created uh, absolute hell for legacy publishing. I think the rest of this year and into 2021 is going to continue to be hell. Mm-hmm. I think we're reaching a point where media really needs to move on from this idea of education and also of this ivory tower of idea of I am, I am a big important voice, you must li- hear what I say. Oh, yeah, no, no, it's you that know, micro-influence. We're, we're yeah. so beyond that now. Yeah, Yeah, um, yeah. Anyway, there's well, space for it, yeah. but there is also, move aside,
1: there's a lot of other voices that yeah. can be, you know, there's a, there's a choir of, of it, smaller voices.
0: Definitely, and it, that it, has it needs to time. be much more about immersion than dictating and educating and saying, you know, we've all learned those basics now. We've got to a point where if you're into clothes, you know not to do the the bottom button on a three-button coat and things like that. Like, we need to... Yeah, I it, mean, even even outside of our scene, it's true. I think,
1: yeah, people are just sort of like, no, you can tell me, you're my influence. And, yeah. And and allowing them to
0: have authority somewhat. Of, just of, kind of absorb it rather than being dictated to.
1: Yeah, we don't want to be told. We don't really want to be told. Who wants no. to be told? Like if you tell me something
0: i'm going to do the complete opposite yeah i you know, think i think that's, I think that's really interesting i'm going to save that because i'm i'm sure that will keep coming up this season yeah um but yeah going into i mean scooters in in,
1: in regards to your last question really yeah, it was yeah. i you know i've been obsessed by uh since i was you know 16 that was kind of my way into to a scene and i've never you know the thing is about the me and my look and my identity is that i've never wanted to to fall into like a decade and live in that decade, you know, as some people that I know or, or have come across do, you know, they live that life, mm. their houses yeah. near as damn it, 60s toaster kind of, we always just yeah, make yeah. this joke about the 60s toaster and stuff, you know, the 60s carjack that you'd use and it would kill this, it killed a guy that we all heard, <laughs> it's this fable that we all heard, <laughs> you know, uh, but... It's not about kind of like living that specific life. It's just about the respect that, and the interest that I had about around it. And, you know, that, so that old vehicles, I like just the purity, I think, of the, of the design, you know. So much of what we have now is references sort of that mid-century or, or, or specifically with those vehicles, kind of that look. So mm. you can't go that far into sort of the, you know, a cafe racer bike a modern one now, and then not look at the kind of '50s ones. And I like the purity of design, and I think that that's potentially why I kind of go back to it. It's the kind of the raw element of it. Yeah. It's the originality potentially of it. You know? Yeah. How, um, do, how do I learn about this thing at yeah. its? Yeah, I want point? to kind of like dig to the to its core, the epicenter of the of the the idea or the feeling or the or where that came from, mm. and just sort of understand that and kind of play around with that. You know. Yeah. I still, you know, I'll get on a dirt bike and go around the back streets whatever but it's I, I think it's the the purity of the design that i'm always interested in yeah. sometimes it's not about living exactly in that moment and bottling it all up uh, in 1968 you know yeah. it's about it's
0: about yeah experimenting roaming, and blended, free. roaming free somewhat wicked yes. okay right your brand yes next area for ah. discussion Finally!
1: <laughs> when did you
0: establish Scott Fraser's collection? So,
1: it was 2013. Right. I mean, I say that year because that's when I kind of went, no, this is it. I've got to do it. I woke up like super early one morning. I think it was like, it wasn't even early. It was like three in the morning and I was like... Oh, I gotta do something. Right. You know, I gotta, I, I wanna do something more. I wanna do something. I wanna create something. What were you doing at that point? So, actually, I was working around the corner from here, probably, you know, on Brick Lane. Um, and I was working at a menswear store. Right. And that was sort of like a sort of steady Sunday job that I had when I was at university, just to kind of like keep me uh, yeah. tied over. Um, and I would, and I learned a lot there. The guy that owned it, a guy called Leroy, he um, he taught me a lot about uh, just a lot about how a little brand, menswear brand, can kind of run. And I ran his online website. I built his website and learned how to do that. I learned how to, to to sort of see what the process of pattern cutting and going, getting something sampled. And there's a bin outside making loads of noise. <laughs> yeah, here. it's all right. <laughs> Bit of
0: atmosphere. Um, <laughs> where was
1: I? Uh, yeah. so... I um, you, you just felt you you were, you reached a point where you needed. To I do reached something a point where I felt like I needed to do something, and and I had, and I could see that there was ways of getting stuff made around mm. around the area and in London, and and
0: making use of this city. It and just was always going to be local production. It was local it, craftspeople.
1: It was just the fact that I'm here. I'm I'm in London. Like you know, if I was in the in in the middle of the countryside or in a very small town that. There wouldn't be that potential to make something, mm. or that, that there was at that point of manufacture, I'd, it would probably have been very different, and I'm sh- I'm I'm sure of it. But I've got one of the you know one of the this this amazing city on my doorstep, and I kind of wanted to use it, and I also wanted to be part of it. Yeah, like that's part of the fun for me is that I can see it being made, and I can also you know I
0: can respond really quickly. So. Um, I think that's a really interesting point. Um, obviously, you are a small brand. Yes. Yeah. Um, and you have been able over the years to be very agile, to move quickly, to produce small runs of product quickly, um, to communicate quickly. Mm. Um, how do you think that has, has helped Scott Fraser Collection to grow?
1: Well, I think the, the ability of having um, manufacturing very close... Is that is the fact is that I started this you know I started this whole label with with no with no financial backing no you know no no money no nothing and and from there I I was able to make to order and I still carry on that made to order setup because for me like it works it works mm. and it still continues to work as I've grown you know and I have grown but it's it's always worked and and I feel like with you know within this sort of I guess you could say luxury market that I sort of sit in, or, or whatever, whatever, wherever I sit. Mm. I know that what's really valuable is the ability for people to be able to to speak to me, or potentially someone, you know, someone in the team. But you know, predominantly it's me mm. doing everything. But realistically, it's it's um, there's the ability for you to go, hey, I want side adjusters on my trousers, or you know, I'm I'm quite long in the body, or you know, I'm six foot four, six foot four, six foot five. The shirt's not going to work for me. You know, one of my Lido shirts quite cropped, kind of good for a high waist, but they love that look, but unfortunately they can't, it, it just won't work for them. Yeah. I can make that longer, I can adjust things, and, it, you know, I'm always making to order anyway, so with a few little tweaks here and there, it, it actually works really well, and I think that it actually becomes something more special. Yeah. And the ability for just, just to be able to have a personal touch with it. Um. So for me, like, as I've grown I've sort of gone well okay yeah maybe this time I'm going to be getting like big runs of stuff and sometimes I do you know sometimes I'll make l- larger runs of shirts or whatever you know it's summertime. I know that these things will will people will want but mm. I also know that sometimes I don't need to yeah and why do I need you know I almost don't need, to, need I don't feel the need to sort of like conform to sort of these structures these structures that are sort of in place for a lot of brands and a lot of ways that brands work mm. because I don't think they're, they're always
0: winning. And actually, one of the questions I had for you was, you know, does using local workshops and making small limited runs of product make your life more difficult? Actually, it sounds like the opposite. No, it's never,
1: it's never made it difficult. And if it did make it difficult, you know, there's times when I'm running around all day on my scooter, like going from place to place. But, you know, I'm also like very fortunate that I'm able to be on my scooter driving around town. You know, that's I'm blessed for that. But mm. it does, I don't feel as a hindrance to to the growth or the ability of this brand I feel like it's actually a, it's just a benefit yeah. it's a benefit because I can talk to you about what you want you know I'm almost able to sort of tailor something to to, to you as opposed to like you having to can fit into what I'm doing yeah. you know or yeah. what I what my sizing what my size model is or what my you know that's, that's and cool. I, I'm up for it because I would want that too like I love seeing Clothes, you know, that other people put out, but I'm like, oh, you know, what? I'd love that, and potentially another fabric, or I'd love that in a whatever, or I really, you know, I, I love that shirt that I've got of theirs, but I'd really like it another another fabric, and if I was happy to sort of pay that bit more and get that person to sort of look for me, that's that's sort of
0: just makes sense.
1: Makes sense, and it's and it's always made sense, and having that in in London is um, has been a blessing. Yeah, being able to do that,
0: awesome. Yeah, well. um I wanted to also just touch on the kind of guiding design principle for you as a brand. You know, you talk a lot about retrospective modernism. Mm. Um, tell me about that.
1: Yeah, that was a, um, it was a sort of term I, I coined to... Uh, it, it's basically about making sort of today-ready clothing um, that are inspired by kind of a, a huge plethora of, like, of clothes that have come before you know people are always inspired by the past but it was something more than that it was about taking um these clothes stories and bringing them through into today taking the the design details the technique you know the technique of the weave or the you know the the color kind of the color compositions like a like a sort of Utilizing an archive really of, of vintage, which is what I've built up over yeah. the last
0: 10, 12 years. Is you it know. 300 yeah. Italian knits? You've got mid century yeah. Italian knits? Putting my hands up. Love I've it. got a problem. <laughs> but, <laughs> I absolutely love it. But
1: yeah, you know, I mean, from that's just another example of that. I am, you know, I am extremely. Uh, obsessive and, and extremely kind of like enthusiastic and, and interested yeah. in this is in, a deep dive yeah and this is a de- this was the, especially for knitwear you know that was that was a big part of my uh, it's a big part of what I offer um, but it's also a big part of like my personal passion and this is obviously where the the beauty of what I'm doing is and I'm very fortunate for is that I you know it, it's it's my passion yeah so
0: but it's not about reproducing mid-century stuff. It's about no, just taking about, it and updating exactly. it. Exactly.
1: It's about kind of like having a modern, um, a mo- like modern, modern. retrospective. It's, 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 it's. But I hate using that term modern. You know, by yeah. the time when you say something is modern, it's almost like it's just a, it's 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 already not modern by saying that. You don't. You shouldn't bring. Um, you shouldn't be life to that word modern. It's, I like that. That's a really interesting idea. Yeah, I was having a discussion with my wife yesterday. Um, who I always sort of we always talk yeah yeah <laughs> on <laughs> points, good. Yeah. but um but yeah that was that was the sort of idea about idea behind it. It's about bringing those design elements through those bits that got lost off those pieces that I've collected, um, and I think other vintage dealers, you know, or, or quality clothing as some people call it, or, or, or secondhand clothing, whatever it is, you know, Gautier, He I think he feels similar. You know, there's there's so much, um, so much sort of education to be learned just by kind of taking some an, an older piece of clothing apart and also how have they you know why have they lasted so long yeah you know in, in an age that we are in uh, fashion is you know we've and it comes up countless on your podcast as well as others about the idea of that kind of fast yeah, moving, eating up those clothes and just wasteful and and and, and that's partly one of the reasons why and make two orders. Yeah, there's
0: the, there's an element of sustainability there, and, and you can a, also assess demand, can't you? Before yeah. you release a product, yeah, you to know. know what the orders, what order you need to put in. And exactly, and 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 I think
1: people are prepared to wait. You know, in people are prepared, especially in my case. You know, people are more than prepared to wait for two, three, four, four weeks if they, you know, for a pair of trousers yeah, for the right thing. As soon as they know that it's dispatched, my god, they're on it. You know, <laughs> when is it here? I'm desperate. But you know. The, if, I think when you're investing into something like that, you you do give yourself that chance to say, yeah, okay, it, it needs time to be made. It needs time to have that craft. It needs, yeah. you know, you respect it for what it is. Yeah. But, you know, the, that is an amazing thing for me is the agility is that, I, and I enjoy a lot, is that I can move on micro trends of things that I'm seeing or I can pick up something or find a fabric that maybe there's only 20 meters you know 20 meters to to other brands might be just nothing but also it's like well let's just have a bit of fun here and let's make a quick run of 10 shirts boom yeah get those out you know just this week i've got that coming you know i put something on on friday i collect stuff today yeah so, you know and that's so it's thursday today so in a, in a week's time i've managed to get three different shirts out and i'm going to be shooting them on monday or tuesday next week and they'll be up and and
0: that's and it also what I love. It, it makes your brand collectible. This is one of the things I've yeah. really enjoyed about your brand is those hardcore customers that have been with you for a number of years.
1: Yeah, which they, which there are, and I, I'm just so respectful for those those guys and girls who who are. Who but are but there. They,
0: I think they will appreciate. They do appreciate this idea that you you almost create things just for them. Yeah, like I've got ten of these for you guys. Yeah, you it know, doesn't always have to be for everyone. No, you know?
1: and and my customers, you know, I found. Everyone says, who is your customer? You know, sometimes when I've had stuff made, like, they're like, who are you, who is this for? You know, it's not weird or anything, but it's just like, who are you? Yeah. You know, they've got other customers who they know, okay, they, they sell to that person. Who is that? And, and, I've, and I've tried to boil it down before, but actually it's, it's a real myriad of different people. You know, there's the older guy or the, the, the young guy who's sort of just starting out in it or the kind of guy who's into the vintage look or the streetwear guys that are into the knits that you know so there's a there's a real cross section and actually that's that's what I really like I like that that kind of fracturous nature although there is a kind of cohesive look that I try to bring with this wave I I also like the the ability of how people wear it Mm -hmm. and style it Mm -hmm. and that's where influence comes even to me you know if I see someone wearing something that I've I've created in a different way than potentially I normally would have
0: normally would have done it I I love that. Yeah,
1: I love that.
0: That's super cool. Yeah, you know, wicked. All right, man, we're starting to wrap up a little bit. Yeah, Um, potentially a big question Mm. to uh, to start to end on. What has twenty twenty been like, and and what's coming next for you?
1: Well, I think I think it's a it's a difficult one really for everyone. I think this you know COVID. Has created a big, uh, a big barrier in people's expectations of what they've had throughout the year, their plans, all yeah. of that. I mean, I mean, firstly, twenty twenty has given me my first child. I've had a little baby girl. That Has been. She's fabulous. She's incredible. Dylan is 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 an, an amazing, just been an amazing force in my life. It's made me sort of reassess the way that I'm doing things, um, how I manage my work, also kind of like just everything and um, with that it's just challenged just the way that I've worked so you know part of uh, 2020 already has given me part of the icon series which is a sort of selection of knitwear knit shirts which I've sort of obsessed over my life Mm. um, that take images from the you know golden screen or street scenes those iconic pieces and I recreate them to kind of like a real Micro sort of detail, um, so that's just released with the talent Mr. Ripley, yeah. which has which has been in the, the, the first of the series. the first of the series, and then there's just you know the, for the next part of 2020, is there more to more to sort of develop and come as well as as well as doing more of my own lines. I want to kind of respond a lot quicker to to finding uh, limited rolls of fabric turn those into something, kind of play a little bit more. Uh, The restrictions with fabric stores, mills, you know, the ability for going to those, some of them I can't get into anymore. So I'm using sort of smaller runs of things and and just playing a little bit more and being more kind of small drops, small, um, just just. Being able to sort of move, um, which which is enjoyable and fun for me, and I think it will also kind of come through and be fun for the customer. Yeah. Uh, my o- other plans are is that I'd like to travel a little a bit more eventually. You know, obviously it's time soon as we can yeah. Work. But it's the idea of um, taking the brand on the road, you know, or doing more trunk shows. I think that that's been quite an interesting thing. Opening up the element of tailoring, which did really well, uh, did really well, and was a real great love of mine um, but kind of taking that further going to America you know America's sort of America's probably my biggest biggest market and uh, I'd like to sort of go out there and and do do things do trunk shows and do sort of meet people and that's what it's about you know it's meeting cool. people and that's what I've missed the most about this whole situation that we've been in is is the ability to meet people everything that I get for, you know, with this brand is through meeting people seeing what they want understanding those people those chance meetings that end up finding you working on a shoot in a partnership that you never would have done normally you know it's about it's just it's about people and mm. and without people like without the support without all of that where would we be we'd probably be nowhere you know yeah it's it's about everyone working together and like that's that's a big part for us
0: What what a what a wonderful heartening human note to end on my man um yes. that was absolute delight to yeah talk thank you, you. thank As you always. it's always a pleasure um it's lovely pleasure, to man. be with you in your studio yeah i can't wait to see what what the next few months bring for you
1: yeah me too no thank you and thanks for uh, thanks for coming through
0: pleasure man thanks well there you are we finally had a chance to deep dive into what makes the marvelous mr fraser simpson tick i hope you enjoyed the conversation I think Scott's nimble approach to retail and his made-to-order model are exceptionally smart in this tricky landscape. My guess is we'll see more established mainstream brands tap into this model as we move through 2021. We'd also love to know what you think about the made-to-order model today. Do you like it? Do you not like it? Does it work for you? Do we need more brands doing that? I'd be really interested to hear. You can reach us on Instagram at Handcut Radio. My huge thanks to the team at Birch who produced this podcast. Check out the agency's superb work at birchlondon.com. Our sound editor and theme music composer is Joe Boyd. Give him a follow on social and SoundCloud at This Is Joe Boyd. That's all from us this week. We'll see you in seven days' time.